Hey, hey, welcome into Magic Weekly. I'm your host, Jake Chapman. It's Monday, May 18th. I hope everyone had a great and a very safe weekend. Of course, NBA practice facilities opening back up across the league with heavy restrictions. Uh, we wrapped episodes 9 and 10 of The Last Dance last night on ESPN. And my guest today had some work that was featured last night in the final episode. Fernando Medina has been with the Orlando Magic organization uh, in some capacities since its inception in 1989. He became the Magic's team photographer in 1996. Two years later, he captured what many, including Sports Illustrated, considered to be the greatest sports photograph of all time. You saw it last night, that freeze frame of Michael Jordan's final shot as a member of the Bulls, Game 6 of the finals in 1998 over Brian Russell. We're going to discuss that photo today and much more with Fernando Medina, known around these parts as Fern here on the Magic Weekly Podcast. Thanks so much, Fern, for taking some time. I know you've been a very busy man lately. How have you been doing? Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. I've been just waiting it out, um, hoping we get back to shooting some basketballs sometime soon here. Yeah, both shooting basketballs and shooting photographs of basketballs as well, I'm sure. I thought Dan Savage, Fern, did a a really good piece for OrlandoMagic.com. I know you caught up with him last week. Uh, He went through some of your favorite photos and some of your most well-known photos, Um, but he also got a chance to to dive into your background. And I want to get into your career eventually, but I want to start with last night, with, with the last dance, with that photo. And that night in 1998, you're in Salt Lake City, you're the Orlando Magic's team a photographer, but we're working for the NBA uh, at this point. You mentioned this to Dan. You don't have a digital camera, right? So, so you know you got that Jordan shot. It's him with that, with that arm extended, 6.6 seconds on the clock as that jumper uh, goes in and ends up winning his sixth finals. Um, so you know you have the shot, but you're probably not sure, Fern, like, exactly what it looks like. And you're, I'm sure you're dying to get back to the lab, but you get shuffled off to the hotel suite where Michael Jordan ends up playing piano. I saw you in the background uh, of, uh, of that night and that celebration in that suite last night. Can you just take me through, I guess, that couple hours there? You know you have the photo, and now within, what, about an hour, 90 minutes, I, I think you're in a hotel suite, uh, dimly lit one at that, watching Michael Jordan drink champagne and poorly play the piano. That must have been surreal for him. Well, the whole thing was kind of crazy. I wasn't very happy. You know, the game's over, you get the shot, and I'm, you know, I would rather go in the locker room and get uh, some champagne on me. Well, not really on me, but watch them do it and get some nice shots of it. And instead, um, I get assigned to, hey, go over to the hotel and wait for the bus, Bulls bus to show up and take some pictures of them getting off the bus. Obviously, I wasn't very happy, but I was happy to I was happy to be part of the team so that was my assignment so I get a ride over to the Marriott and just a bunch of fans out there waiting I'm waiting and probably half an hour 45 minutes later the maybe an hour the Bulls bus pulls up with Harper in it uh he's sticking up the top of it holding the trophy they all get off the bus and I think well I'm you know it looks like I'm done I guess I'll go back to the arena, and there comes Andy Bernstein, uh, NBA senior photographer, probably one of the best photographers that's ever shot basketball, and um, he's been with the NBA forever, and he goes, come on, Fern, let's go, follow me, and I, and I was 
um, during the games themselves, I was, you know, not only, I wasn't a main photographer. I was one, just basically one of the assistants and I was been working with Andy the entire time. And, um, so he goes, follow me. So I just follow him. And all of a sudden we're in the elevator, Ron Harper's in there holding the trophy and we go up to the bulls floor and I just keep following these guys. And all of a sudden I'm in, uh, Jordan's, I didn't know it was Jordan's suite. I really didn't know what was going to happen, but obviously, uh, with all the NBA crews that had shown up, uh, a couple film crews and then, um, Photography-wise, it was uh, Andy Bernstein, uh, Bill Smith, the Bills, the Bulls photographer, uh, and Walter, um, you know, one of the greatest photographers in the history of photography. And, uh, and then a little old me. And we're just in there, and all of a sudden, Jordan walks in and uh, sits down at the piano. There's, there's champagne. There's, there's cigars. Um, everybody's scrambling to start, you know, getting the pictures, getting the video, the, the film crews pull cam, uh, pull, uh, lamps and they're holding lamps up to light the scene. Cause it was a very dark room and, uh, it was just crazy. It was the most surreal moment of my life. I mean, I had no idea it was going to happen. I didn't deserve to be there. Um, <laughs> It was just crazy, and that night I learned something very important, that um, it, maybe you should just go with the flow sometimes and do as you're told, and uh, you never know what's going to happen, because it was just amazing. I mean, to be sitting uh, sitting there at the foot of Michael Jordan's uh, piano bench, and he's just uh, banging on the keys, singing, I want to be like Mike, everybody's laughing. Um, it was just a crazy, crazy moment. You know, guys taking pictures. I, either Andy or I ran out of film and we're tossing film to each other so that we can keep on shooting. And like you said, this is all shot on film. So we had no idea what was going, what we were getting. It was a dark room. We were shooting flash, but it was, you know, it was uh, for a guy like Andy, I'm sure every one of his pictures came out perfectly. He's been doing it, you know, by then he had been shooting for 20 uh, 15 years maybe but I was you know I was just a new kind of new kid on the block I've been working with magic and all that but it was I'd never been in these high pressure uh crazy situations and um we would just took pictures and you know sooner or later Mike decided it was like seemed like forever I mean it seemed like it went on forever but 10 15 minutes later Michael said okay I'm done and he was out of there and that was it and then we walked out and uh, to this day, I had never, and I still haven't seen the, the last dance. I'm uh, waited to record all 10 episodes and I'm going to binge it sometime this week. Oh, wow. So I really haven't seen it yet. I did that on purpose. So I, I, I when on something like this, I want to watch it the whole way through. Yeah. You want to knock um, it all the way out. Yeah. And it, it'll just, and it makes it, you know, it makes it better. At least for me, I like doing stuff like that. And, um, so I'd never seen any of that footage, um, any of those pictures uh, uh, that I'm in. And it was, um, it was kind of crazy. I mean, it's really, to this day, it's the most surreal moment of my life. Um, just a crazy moment. I think I, one of the things that I'm really interested in, Fern, is, is what you said about that you learned a lesson, that you were still kind of a, a younger photographer at that point, and the lesson 
was kind of sometimes you just got to go with the flow. You know, trust somebody like Andy when he says, hey, you, you're going to want to follow me uh, into this elevator with Ron Harper. So was that something that you felt like sort of applied throughout the rest of your career? As a photographer, I, I have to think going with the flow and just sort of, you know, um, becoming part of the surroundings is kind of a good philosophy to capture, you know, a candid shot. And uh, you don't want people to know that you're there. You just want to sort of be able um, to blend into the background and capture those moments. Do you think back on that moment and, and uh, as sort of a, maybe a turning point or, or a lesson that really helped you throughout the rest of your career? Well, not, not only in my career, but in my life too. I mean, it's a, it's a good, um, it's a good lesson to learn that, um, you know, you may not like what you're told what to do, but you really don't know what's going to happen. Yep. So, you know, in that live stream, uh, in that roller coaster of life, you just, um, you just, you, you, you can't, you have to just take the opportunity, do the best you can with that opportunity and don't, you know, don't think that what you're getting, what you're sent to do is something very unimportant because in the end it was really, really important. And, you know, Andy, I, I, I expected Andy to keep going, you know, and do his job and I would go back to the, the arena, but he, he included me in that, hmm. uh, or he really didn't have to. And, um, it's funny. I was, he was texting me last night. I'm not on any social media or anything like that. And so I'm not on, um, Instagram or Twitter or anything. So I have no idea what happened last night on all that, except for people kept sending me texts of pictures of me and, and, uh, it, uh, up in Jordan suite. And, uh, and then Andy did something really nice for he, I guess on uh, uh, Instagram, he, he, he did a really nice um, post of the picture and included me in it and all that. And it's funny, we were talking about it and, and it's, a, it's a moment that him and I will share forever. And he's a guy that's been at every final since like 1980. Mm. And I was fortunate enough to be included in five of them. It's just one of those things that you just have to go with it, and it, it tended, ended up being a very good situation. So I learned that night that, you know, don't moan and complain about what you're told to do. Just go out, do your job, do the best you can do, and God willing, it'll be an exciting moment. And if it's not, you just do your job, and that's what you're there to do. So uh, it, made, it, made, uh, it definitely made an impression in my life, and, and I've uh, not only in sports but in everything else I do. It just, it helped a lot. Sure. Walk me through the process then. Like when, because I mean, Sports Illustrated says this is the greatest photo of all time. And, and I'm looking at it right now. And I know you told Dan this and I, I thought you hit the nail on the head. There's all the, the sort of serendipity, 6.6 .6 seconds on the clock, the sixth championship. He went six for six. He was six foot six. And so I think you have all of that. And obviously you've got him and the extension and he's off the ground. But the, my favorite part of the photo is, I think what you said, is all of the expressions of the jazz fans in the background. I mean, you have to have a thousand fans' um, faces here, and you can just see, oh, there's a Bulls fan. He is about to be really excited, but everybody else is scared because they know what's coming because it's Michael Jordan. When, did you, when do you know that you have this photo? How, how that night did you get to the realization in a dark room somewhere, I'm sure, uh, I got it. I nailed this one. Well, it, I, it's 
All I was worried about was getting Michael and that clock in the picture. That's all I was worried about. I had no inkling, you know, the fan, anything else. I mean, just get a wide shot, get the the perspective, get get the capture the moment. You know, anybody can take a picture of a guy taking a jump shot, but when you include everything else in there, I mean, I think all five um, uh, jazz players are in it, four of the Bulls players are in it, yeah. all the fans are in it. Um, and I just worried about – you know, the, the Jordan and the clock. But once um, I didn't really realize what a, the picture that it was until I saw it in ESPN magazine, because oh. that night at the, at the lab, I only saw it for a, for a fraction of a second. I handed it to, to, uh, to Hersheimer with the NBA. And, um, and that was that. I didn't see it again until it came out in the magazine. And, uh, I may have seen it on a computer as they were scanning it or something, but it, it, I, we were doing other stuff. So it wasn't like, um, you know, I could dilly dowel and just sit there and watch what they were doing at the computer. And, and that we were off to do something else. I forget what it was, but anyways, I didn't see it till the magazine came out. And when the magazine came out, it, it really hit me because that's when you saw the fans and that's when you realized what a picture it was. Um, like I told Dan, it's not my favorite picture of Jordan. Um, it's not my favorite picture ever because it's it's it was an easy picture to get. Right. Once you know what you're going to do, it's easy. You know, you just make sure that camera's pointed in the right position. And and uh, and thanks to Andy Bernstein, he hit he hit the, sh the the button at the right time, and you know it was a perfect moment. Of course, nobody planned on the six point six on the clock. Right. That is just a, an incredibly added bonus. Um, but, um, you know, that's all I worried about. But once you see that picture when it's printed, um, Charlie Freeman with the Magic uh, has a uh, four by six print, four foot by six foot print in his office frame mm. and uh, back at the Sportsplex. And it's just, in, you just sit there and just look at it and you can look at these people's expressions for hours. It, some people are screaming. Some people are about to cry. Yeah. Some people, it, it's just amazing. You know, it's just, it's a, it's a study in, 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 in human nature and humanity. It's, that's why I guess everybody thinks it's such a great shot. And of course it's Jordan's last shot. Right. Um, as a bull, it would have been so much better if he had never played again and then it would really have been the last shot of his career. Um, but you, you know, uh, on the other hand, I love to watch Michael Jordan play and I'm glad I got to shoot him some more when he was, um, uh, you know, photograph him some more when he was with the, the wizards. So and I think sometimes I think Fern, I think that context even informs why we hold a photo like this up even more so. This is how we choose to remember him, you know? Yes, oh, Washington yeah. happened. You can't erase uh, erase history. Um, but there's a reason, episode, and I'm not, not to spoil the last dance for you, but they didn't touch on the Wizards' years very much in the last dance. Um, this is about oh, where we wrap things up. And, and it's because, you know, that's, that's how – that's what Mike is in our head. It's not Mike uh, in the blue and teal in Washington. It's, it's him – um, uh, putting the nail in the coffin of yet another team. And, and, and I love that sense of anticipation, almost that sense of dread that you see from all the Jazz fans because they've been down this road before and they know exactly what's coming. And that's the cool thing about a photograph too, Fern, is like you said, I mean, I think you said, look, it wasn't even the end of the game. You got a great shot uh, right as the, as the clock is expiring of Mike midair celebrating 
what, 6.6 seconds later, basically, um, as, as far as game time goes. And I agree, like, this is a better photograph, but the one that everybody remembers and the one that's considered the greatest uh, is, is, is the one with 6.6 .6 on the clock because of what it represents to all of us. And that's kind of the beauty of a photograph, isn't it? Yeah, he made he made the shot and they won. I mean, that's the important shot. But the the one of him jumping in the air, I just I just think typifies Michael Jordan is in. I mean, it captures his entire career right there. I think. Yeah, he is above everybody else. He's just the joy couldn't be greater, and everybody else is still struggling while he knows he's he's won. You know, yeah. it's uh, you know, the, the other players are still looking at the ball and everything else. He's just he's saying that's over with, man. I'm done. I won and I did it again. And I'm the best. And um, I just, um, you know, I heard a, a quote from another player recently. Um, I mean, I don't follow a lot of this at all, but I just happened to hear it. And he said that Michael Jordan wouldn't be that as good today that because other players wouldn't want to play with him because he was too intense or whatever. He wanted the ball, whatever, for whatever reasons, other players wouldn't want to play with him. Well, I'll tell you what I have. If, if you're, I have little respect for you. If you think that you wouldn't want to play with Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan is the, the best, most, intense, uh, caring about winning, um, just that's all that matters to him. And you know what? In life, when you're dedicating yourself to a sport like basketball, like he did, and all, all it should be all about winning. You know, it, this, this bull crap these days about we don't keep score in Little League and stuff like that so nobody's feelings are hurt. Screw that, man. You know, sports is about winning. Life is about winning. You know, that caveman, uh, he went out there every day to find some food. He had to win every day because if he lost, he'd, he'd perish. And I just it, – it's an incredible lesson that I'm not saying win at all cost and cheat, right. but win, do the best you can, be the best you can be, and every time you get on that court, you want to destroy the guy across from you. I – um. You know, I understand about uh, sportsmanship and the way these guys are after a game where they're all hugging each other and loving on each other. I understand that. They're all friends and all that. But you know what? That's not what sports truly is, I don't think. What, you know, because it's, it's about the competition. It's about winning. If not, what's the point? It, 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 there's either sport or, 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 or the WWE. Okay? Right. And – we don't want to be the WWE. It's entertainment's great, but but sport is about making it or not making it. Either a failure or it, it, there's so much failure in sports that when you triumph, it means that much more. Yeah, you know. And Absolutely. Michael, that's Michael Jordan, and I respect that more than anything else. You know, he to me is the best athlete I've ever photographed, shot. Um, scene and it's not because he's the best um, uh, physique wise or I mean LeBron is the best should be the best basketball player ever he should be but I don't think he ever will be and it's funny because I saw a picture uh, a, a thing last night 
And side by side, it showed Jordan winning his first championship and LeBron winning his first championship. Jordan is crying. LeBron is laughing. I think that says it all. Okay. I think that says it all. And that moment meant so much to Michael. And to me, it says that even though he knows he's the best, he knows he's great and all that, he wasn't sure if he was going to win or not. You know, he won. And and on the other side, LeBron, yeah, I was going to win, you know, and he's laughing and having a great old time. I mean, that's wonderful. That's great. But it just shows you the difference between these two guys. And why? I think, a, I think it's a great point. And you, and you mentioned uh, we're talking to Fernando Medina, uh, team photographer for the Orlando Magic Fern, as we refer to him. It's the Magic Weekly Podcast. You mentioned Kobe Fern, and and, and Kobe to me was sort of the in between, who still had that mentality, that win at all cost mentality that Mike had, but then I think he sort of he he did he grew and he and maybe softened a little bit towards the end of his playing career. At the very least, he became. Um, kind of a father figure for a lot of the younger players around the league, and they all certainly appreciated that. And that was one of the things um, among many that made Kobe's passing so tragic. But you mentioned kind of that that killer instinct, and what I'm interested in is from your perspective, it does is that what makes a great photographic subject when you're talking about photographing an athlete? Is it just that dominance or that determination? Or is it something as basic and personal as, you know, I'm Fern, I appreciate Michael Jordan and Tracy McGrady and Kobe Bryant for what they do on the floor. It appeals to me. I love watching them. And so you end up photographing them in maybe a more personal way. Is it is it something that is personal when you think about your favorite guys to photograph? Or is it just, I got the best and the most mileage out of photographing some of these great players? Well, I... When I'm working, I work the same all the time, no matter if it's one of these great players or the guy coming off the bench during trash time, okay? Because my job is to capture history for the NBA. I'm the only guy there um, photographing stills for the NBA. Uh, There's a lot of video guys. There's, uh, you know, three or four uh, wire or newspaper photographers, but my – my photographs go to the NBA. So I, I approach it all the same way. Um, you know, I love shooting these guys. I mean, the, the, the better uh, the player, yeah, but you never know. I mean, there's a lot of times in Orlando where, um, you know, you anticipate that, uh, let's say, Chris Paul's coming to town, and all of a sudden, and he only comes in once a year, and he's hurt, so he right. doesn't play. Or Steph Curry comes in, but he doesn't play because he's hurt. So I really don't even think about that before games or anything like that. I just I just try to capture what's in front of me and make the prettiest pictures I can make and that people will like. And, well, actually, I take pictures that I like, you know, and then hopefully other people will like them too. But I look at my job as, as capturing history for the NBA, um, you know, mostly. That's my number one concern. And I, you know, that's the way I approach games. I just, I, I have favorite players. I mean, you mentioned Tracy. Tracy's will probably, you know, and I don't want to hurt anybody else's feelings on the magic because I love all these kids. You know, I mean, I've been seeing them for 32 years and there's so many of them that have come through here and they're all great kids, but I love Tracy McGrady. He, he was the, 
just a tremendous player that that we should have never got rid of. And who knows what what would have happened if he would have gotten to play with Dwight. Um, you know, our magic history would, I think, would have been even better. I mean, I know we got to the finals in 2009, but I think it would have been even better if Tracy would have uh, stayed around. I don't think, um, you know, that was a, that was a good move at all. And, um, it's too bad, but I, um, I love Tracy. Uh, Vince Carter is another, another guy that you always had to be ready. You never knew what he was going to do. You know, Tracy, Kobe. Uh, Vince, Michael Jordan, you just don't know. You don't know what they're going to do. And you always had to be ready for him. And it was great. But you also have to think that my, part of my job, too, is producing pictures for, uh, you know, they use them a lot in trading cards. So mm-hmm. I have to think about getting guys isolated, just single guys isolated with no arms in front or, you know, nothing blocking them so that they're 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 – they're easily used in trading cards. So it's so much that we need to do that I just can't focus on just getting great pictures all the time. You, you, you don't plan a great picture. You just right. take pictures and some of them turn out to be great. Look, this last, I think it was a season before this, this uh, truncated season, I got a shot of Ken Birch um, dunking. That's truly an incredibly great shot, but probably – Nobody will ever see it, you know, because it's Kem Birch. And I love Kem, but, you know, nobody's going to – it may be used one time here or there somewhere. Um, but so there's so many good and great pictures that nobody ever sees. And you just you – just, you just click the camera. You keep put, pushing the button and hoping for the best. And, and eventually some of them end up like well, – and, and I love the idea because with guys like Vince and Tracy and Colby – you know, Tracy is probably a great example because he played for us. You know, every night when you step out onto the floor and you know Tracy's in uniform, something special could happen. 60 points could happen. Uh, or a dunk like the, like the picture that you captured. Uh, a great, you know, you talk about uh, making for a, uh, a, a good trading card photo. I mean, this one with Tracy uh, doing his best Eric Jordan and, and the guy in the background uh, below his left foot. That's a great, great solo shot of a great player. Um, and I think that's great. But then I, I, I think it's fascinating because some of these, like the, the picture that you got of Vince when he was in Toronto, basically behind the backboard, flying through the air, it's a non-play. Like you said, I mean, this is, this is a, a ball that bounced off his hands. In the moment, you're going, okay, that's just something. It's a non-play. And then when you finally see it, I think they won photograph of the year uh, for a turnover. You know, <laughs> it, was, it was a basically yeah, turnover. And you see the freeze frame of it, you say, that man is literally flying through the air. That's what's so cool about this, is you capture a moment in time, and context doesn't really matter. All I'm looking at right now, turnover or no, is Vince Carter flying. It, it, it's uh, – I didn't – when I took the picture, I didn't even – I mean, I had no clue. To me, it wasn't even a picture. I mean, I just picked the button. I had no clue. Hmm. And then a couple of weeks later, um, Joey Amati uh, with the NBA Photos – uh, gives me a call. I was on the road somewhere, and he says, "Have you seen this uh, Vince flying picture?" I said, "No, I don't. I have no idea what you're talking about." Said, he says, "Dude, you got an incredible picture of Vince," and I said, "Well, I don't. I don't recall it. I really don't know what you're talking about." And then when he sends it to me, I said, "I didn't even really remember it. I had to go back and look at the video to see what really had happened on that play because I knew it. He hadn't dunked it, right?" <laughs> and uh, 
So I went back and I saw it. I said, that's amazing. That's just, but it's serendipity. It's like everything else, Jake. You know, it's in photography. I mean, I got to tell you, you do all the preparation, you get ready, you, 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 you do everything you need to do, but you still have to get lucky. Yeah. You, know, you really do. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on, I, I want to be honest about it. You have to get lucky. But the most important part, though, is not the actual picture, but all the preparation sure. and everything you do before to get ready to make sure that if something does happen or if by chance you get something like this, that you do get it, you know? So yeah, failure to prepare. It's preparing to fail, right? I ninety percent is showing up. I'll do all the cliches. You got to be there. You got to be ready and in the right spot and have that sense of timing. Um, but then everything else, I mean, is it, you know, it's sort of up to up to life to happen in front of you, right? It's up to the good Lord to give you that opportunity. And if it happens, you know, you got to be ready for it. Because if not, they'll get somebody else in there to do it. Well, <laughs> and that's that what simple. I wanted to ask you and about. They, for an, and they should. They they should. If, exactly. If, if I'm not good enough. It's well. It's funny because it's a it's a field that's changed so much over the years. Um, I would think, and and your story, and Dan did a good job of scratching the surface. I mean, this could be about five more podcasts. Your story, emigrating from Cuba at three years old, and getting to where you've gotten without uh, really any formal training at all. Right? I mean, yeah. My everything, most everything I learned in photography that I applied today, I learned from. Barry Gossage, who used to be, he was the, um, I worked for him while Shaq was in Orlando. Barry was the team photographer for Orlando during those four years. Mm -hmm. And I was, I assisted him. And um, I mean, I shot games too, but Barry was the main guy. And um, him, uh, Bob Rosado, who uh, used to shoot for Sports Illustrated, um, Walter Yils who I just, I, I, he never taught me directly, but I watched and I learned from what he did. Um, Tom DePace, a, an incredibly great uh, baseball and football photographer. Um, and guys like that, that just, they, uh, they willingly taught me. I mean, I, I, I would go and watch what they did um, and then apply it and change it to, to fit what I wanted to do, to fit my style or improve it a little bit if I could. Um, but that's, that's how I learned. I just kept watching and um, it worked out for me. It's, uh, it's truly amazing. I didn't go to school at all for photography. I took, um, in co I only went to college for one year and I took one, you know, photography 101 class because I had to take an elective and I wasn't going to take French. Or in a, so I took uh, I took photography, and it was all with a, a simple um, the Canon's most basic camera at that time, which is all I could afford. I I, I, uh, I got a loan from my aunt to buy it, hmm. and in uh, a fifty millimeter lens, and we shot black and white film, and that's the only photography class I ever took. So it wasn't you know the, applying it to sports. It really there's no applications, but. Um, but I learned from these guys. I just, I, I watched them and, and, and that's, that's the way I've always done everything in my life. I mean, you know, it, it's the best way. You don't know anything. You just watch people who know and then apply it to yourself and make it, make it work for you. And, and um, I was blessed that God allowed me to do that. 
How much, I mean, formal training or no, uh, you know, having Walter as a professor of yours, I, I, I would say would qualify as pretty good training. Well, but he uh, was, hands but on he or not, even just watching and trying to emulate. I mean, he's yeah. the best, like you said. Yep, he is. And, and, um, and I, I, I was very fortunate to have met him, you know, and, and, uh, and, um, and seen him work and, uh, and, you know, everybody wants to be Walter. Could somebody do that anymore? Could, could your career path exist in 2020 or has the photography field just changed so much? Well, it's, it's just changed tremendously because of digital. Digital yeah. makes it, you know, I'll tell you the truth to me now. Um, it, it wasn't this case when, we were shooting film because you never knew what you were going to get and you didn't have the opportunity to fix something on the fly. You know, you, you shot the game and then at the end you hope that everything came out right. You know, your push and pulls for the film, what developing and all that. Right. And, um, but now once digital came around to me, um, it's, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Um, it's very simple. Um, the hardest things to shoot are really the emotion, the emotional parts of the game. You know, the reactions, that that thing. Because um, any dunks are going to happen. They're going to happen over and over, and people are going to come to the basket and get rebounds and all. But but the emotion the, the, is the the hard part to get. I don't I don't know. I don't know if anybody could do it these days simply because there's so many people that could do it. Um, you once digital came around, you ran you started running into a lot of um, photographers who, you know, just had money and were able to buy the long lenses and the expensive equipment and go out there and shoot. And, um, and it's great. I mean, I'm happy for them, but when Walter was shooting and when Andy Bernstein and all these guys were shooting, they didn't know, um, uh, you know, they, they had to wait for that film to be developed. And uh, Neil Leifer is another one that I never, I uh, I don't think I ever met Neil, but I've looked at his work and just the, the way he thought and, and his innovations of doing remotes and, um, you know, just doing things differently to get that different angle. Um, you know, I learned, I learned from these guys. So uh, it's just, uh, I, I thank them all because without me looking at what they did, I wouldn't be doing what I do today. And I think um, the most important thing is you got to be humble. You got to be humble and, and, and you got to just not think that you're the best at anything. Cause that, that's the day you're going to get knocked down. I, I truly hope that my best picture hasn't been taken yet, mm. you know? And, uh, my, my favorite pictures are of my kids. Um, you know, they're all grown and my baby's, uh, 31, but, uh, but all four of them are grown and, and they're doing well. And, and those are my favorite pictures, the pictures of them and growing up and all that. Um, this basketball stuff is fun. I, I shot some NFL, I've shot NASCAR and all that, but still when it comes down to my kids are, you know, the, the best pictures I've ever taken as far as I'm concerned. And well, um, that's, that's the beauty of photography and especially of, you know, like you said, when you're able to capture a moment or a face and emotion, um, it's, it, it's so powerful. And you know, I think it was great for all of us, and you're going to enjoy it, Fern. I'd love to check back in with you after you're able to watch through, especially uh, it sounds like you're as big a, a Mike fan as anybody. It, it, it was really cool to go back with The Last Dance and, and to sort of relive all of that. I mean, I was in my uh, – I was falling in love with basketball 
while Michael Jordan was was dominating the Eastern Conference in the NBA throughout the 90s. Um, and and it's really great, but I think it's it is. I, I think what you've been able to do, Fern, and sports or no, is you've been able to capture you know not just the moment with some of these guys, but you know kind of the personality with a lot of these guys as well. And and Mike, as we know, you know he was one of the most dominant, probably the most dominant athlete. Uh, of all time, but then you scroll down to this piece on OrlandoMagic.com, and you see Mike at the piano with the cigar, and 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 you see celebratory Mike. So I think that the beauty of what you do is is you are able to capture all sides of somebody. Um, and and this has been a, a whole lot of fun. I do. I love the way you put it, Fern. I hope your your best photo is still ahead of you. Uh, and I got a feeling it is because uh, you're an all time great. And this has been a treat for me to be able to catch up with you, Fern. Well, my friend, um, if you if you find something you love to do, you'll never work another day in your life, mm. and that's how I feel. I am blessed to do what I do, and uh, I really appreciate it. And I remember every day that I uh, thank God that that He has given me the opportunity to do this because a lot of people would have loved to have been in my shoes and. You know, it, it happened to be me, and I got lucky. You know, there's a lot of other people out there, I'm sure, that worked just as hard and tried just as hard, but they didn't get the opportunity. And, you know, I, that's, it's sad, but I, I got that opportunity. I tried to do the best I could with it, and, I, and hopefully uh, I'm 62 now. Uh, not actually 61. I'm going to be 62, but uh, hopefully I got a few years left in me, and it's, it's, as long as I can keep focusing, and the magic want me around, I'll take some pictures. <laughs> it sounds outstanding. I'm looking forward to it. Bert, thanks so much for the time. We'll catch up soon, okay? Jake, have a great day. Thank you very much. All right, you as well. There he is, Fernando Medina. Uh, Fern, as we call him, Orlando Magic team photographer. And again, head to OrlandoMagic.com. Check out the piece Dan Savage did. You can see all the photos and, uh, and some great uh, background on Fern as well. This has been Magic Weekly. We'll be back next week with another edition. Till then, I hope you have a great and especially a very safe week, everybody.